It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. We'll hear about a new effort to entice veterans from Fort Drum to stay in the North Country and fill the workforce gap. The whole concept here is really in matchmaking the potential jobs or the jobs that are available with the transitioning soldiers. There's needs and demands in all the industries of North Country. Just in time for the big game on Sunday, Chef Curtis Hem shares a recipe for a tartine that's perfect for breakfast, lunch, or the Super Bowl. It caramelizes and crisps on the bottom, and it creates that super, super crunchy feel. Because you have toppings on it, it can't overcook in the middle. And it's just a, it's a, look, it's a perfect sandwich. And we'll meet an unusual musical act. Former Governor David Patterson is the frontman of a new cover band. People say, you've spoken in audiences all over the world. Why would you be frightened? I said, when I spoke all over the world, I didn't have a guitar in my hand. A profile of his group, Blind Gov and the Pirate Throng, coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Mountain Orthotic and Prosthetic Services, a full-service practice committed to providing care for patients of all ages with offices in Lake Placid, Plattsburgh, and Malone. Details and referrals at mountainonp.com. And Blue Seat Studios, a multidisciplinary art center featuring classes for adults and youth, concerts, art exhibits, and more. BLUSeatStudios.org. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. Upstate New York is getting $11 million federal dollars to bolster and upgrade hydropower facilities, which create renewable energy from the state's many waterways. $2.7 million is for North Country projects, including power plants in Pierpont, Oswego, St. Regis Falls, and Chasm Falls. Nationwide, the hydropower funding will shore up nearly 50 hydroelectric projects in 19 states. The federal prison in the Adirondacks is currently on lockdown. It's the second time in recent weeks that the facility has restricted inmates and suspended visits. Emily Russell reports. The federal prison in Raybrook is one of the largest in the North Country, with nearly 700 inmates. Last weekend, those incarcerated people were put on lockdown. That means their movement inside the prison is restricted, many activities are canceled, and all visits from friends and family are suspended. In an email, an official from the Federal Bureau of Prisons said the facility went into lockdown after two separate altercations at the prison on Saturday. Inmates are still given food, water, and medical care and offered some programs. Though during past lockdowns, some friends and family have said they weren't able to call or email inmates. The current lockdown is the second one this year. The prison was locked down for more than two weeks in January after a drone dropped a package of drugs, cell phones, and a chisel. That's according to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. It's unclear when the current lockdown will end. A prison official said operations will return to normal as soon as possible. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio. 
A Clinton County legislator wants to be Plattsburgh's next mayor. Democrat Wendell Hughes will formally announce his candidacy at a press conference this morning. He's a retired corrections officer who served in the legislature since late 2020. Hughes' announcement comes just days after the current mayor said that he'll not seek re-election. Democrat Chris Rosenquist says he wants to spend more time with his family. Hughes is the first candidate to enter the race. The city's Republican and Democratic committees say no one else has stepped up yet. More than 4,000 soldiers and military spouses based at Fort Drum near Watertown transition to civilian life each year. Most of them wind up leaving the area. The North Country Regional Economic Development Council wants to change that. It recently won millions from the state to keep new veterans and their families here in northern New York. Kara Chapman has more. The North Country Regional Economic Development Council estimates that the region will have a workforce gap of 48,000 people over the next 10 years. There's needs and demands in all the industries of North Country. That's Jim McKenna, one of the council's co-chairs. He says a lot of industries need workers. The public sector, nonprofits, corporations, education, hospitality, healthcare. And the council thinks it's got a solution. It's called Next Move New York. The state recently committed $10 million to get it up and running. The goal is to turn Fort Drum into a workforce pipeline for the entire North Country. McKenna says the project will be based in the Watertown area and later branch out to the rest of the region. The whole concept here is really in matchmaking the potential jobs or the jobs that are available with the transitioning soldiers. The council estimates that more than 3,600 soldiers and about 1,000 of their spouses transition from the Army to civilian life every year. If all of those people decided to stay in the North Country, the region would have about 46,000 new workers over the next 10 years, effectively closing the workforce gap. McKenna says the council knows that's not realistic. Still, the hope is to capture a good chunk of those potential new residents. We hope within the next first five years that we could be approaching the 50% level. That's still a high number, but David Zembeck says it might be possible. He's with Advocate Drum, the Fort Drum Regional Liaison Organization. He says about a third of Fort Drum's transitioning soldiers want to stay in the area and will if they can find jobs. Another third want to go back to where they're originally from. That last third are somewhere in the middle. They're not committed to staying here, but they're going to go where the job is. So if they find a job here, great. If it's somewhere else, they'll go there. So basically two-thirds of those soldiers leaving each month are a potential talent individual to keep in the area. According to the council's proposal, Next Move New York would be housed within the Development Authority of the North Country, also known as DANK. The initial plan is to create a project team of three people. That includes a regional business liaison whose job it'll be to build the pipeline between the transitioning military families and the region's employers. And there are plans for a bunch of incentives for the new veterans and their spouses. A jobs matching portal, degree fast track program, a brick and mortar vocational training and job readiness facility. McKenna says the goal is for all of it to become self-sustaining. We think the $10 million will get us through the first five years. And by that time, uh, Dank will have, uh, have a sustainable program moving forward. Dozens of employers across the North Country and beyond have already endorsed Next Move New York. Places like Jefferson Community College, Adirondack Health, and Monaghan Medical. Getting the soldiers and their families to stay is one thing, but getting them a place to live is another. 
The national nonprofit Up for Growth found that New York State is short almost a quarter of a million homes, and housing underproduction in rural communities like the North Country has quadrupled over the last decade. The Economic Development Council acknowledges that the lack of access to affordable and attainable housing is a big barrier to achieving its other goals, like growing the region's workforce. McKenna says it's put forward a strategic plan to address the housing shortage. And it's a combination of really getting our small municipalities that lack the good planning and zoning offices to develop more uh, density in their zoning plans and also developing a program that would help with pre-development funds and also low-interest loan funds for both private and nonprofit housing developers. Kate Morris is the council's other co-chair. She says the group believes the North Country has a lot to offer new veterans and their families, community, recreation, access to nature. We think this is a great way to support our special community and allow people to grow and thrive and develop themselves there and, and with their families. Craig McNamara is one former Fort Drum soldier who chose to come back to the North Country. He now runs the base's transition assistance program, which helps soldiers and their families prepare to leave the military. McNamara says one of his biggest sells for new veterans to stay in the North Country is the support and understanding they'll get from the surrounding community. He says that comes from how integrated Fort Drum is in the region, and that's not always the case at larger bases. But here, because of our history and because of our relationship with the community, um, in a sense, we all serve. And that's... uh, that for a veteran is an amazing um, and supportive environment to come back to. So um, I can tell you firsthand that I've experienced that. Morris and McKenna say the North Country itself really stands to gain for more military families deciding to stay. There's the economic benefits, but also increased diversity and the ability to grow the population. McKenna says that, combined with the state's downtown revitalization investments, feeds into creating vibrant communities. We think we now have a lot of the ingredients necessary to make a difference in the quality of life for all of our communities. The council expects Next Move New York to be up and running by January 2025. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. Listening to Northern Light on North Country Public Radio. It's 810. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Just ahead, Chef Curtis Hem shares a favorite comfort food recipe a rustic open faced sandwich with cheese, walnuts, and maple syrup. That's coming up in just a few minutes here on Northern Light. This is Bee Children out of Canton. Northern Light is supported by North Country Children's Museum, Potsdam with hands-on and minds-on exhibits and programs for children 12 and under and their families. Open Wednesday to Sunday, 10 to 5, northcountrychildrensmuseum.org. And by Fort Dealer Presentation, presenting the reenactment of the Battle of Ogdensburg, February 17th and 18th at 1.30 p.m. Open to the public 
Details at fort1749.org. An annual ice fishing derby in Tepper Lake was canceled due to unsafe conditions over the weekend. The Northern Challenge is one of the biggest fishing competitions in the state, according to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. Some years, more than a 1,000 participants came out to fish for Northern Pike. This year, the ice on Simon Pond wasn't thick enough. An organizer said they needed about a foot. Instead, they only had three to six inches, not enough to support hundreds of people in their vehicles. Still, the Tepper Lake Sportsman's Club had about $40,000 worth of prizes to raffle off on Saturday. Even though the competition was canceled, hundreds of people showed up. Lucky raffle winners got prizes like cash and four-wheelers, and some small groups of people still ventured out onto the thin ice to fish. Aspiring anglers and frugal fishers have a couple of dates to add to their calendars now that the state announced this year's free fishing days. Governor Hochul announced six days this year that New Yorkers can fish in fresh water without a license, February 17th and 18th, June 29th and 30th, and September 28th and November 11th. Any other day of the year, a fishing license is required for people over 16. The annual Colton Winterfest is back this weekend. Families can compete in cardboard sled races, a frying pan toss, cornhole, archery, and trivia. There will also be a pancake eating contest, live music, and a performance of Shrek the Musical from the Colton Pierpont Central School. The community ski challenge is postponed to the following weekend, though, and hopes snow conditions will be better. The sledding hill at the Fish and Game Club will be open all weekend. Here's a little slice of life inside our state capitol that we don't usually see. Our elected officials have their own hobbies and passions, of course. Last month, right before Governor Kathy Hochul's State of the State speech, a bunch of them crammed into a small bar in Albany to catch an unusual musical act. WNYC's John Campbell reports for the New York Public News Network. I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with a few dozen politicians and lobbyists in a bar called The War Room. It's in an old brownstone around the corner from the Capitol building, where the governor will give her big speech the next day. But the star of tonight's show is also a governor. A former governor, that is. Hi, Governor John Campbell with WNYC. How are you? How are you? Do you have, Good to see you, by the way. That's David Patterson, who took over the governor's office for a couple years after Elliot Spitzer resigned in disgrace in 2008. Patterson was the first black governor of New York, the first blind governor of New York. And tonight, he's likely the first governor to front a cover band at an Albany watering hole. He only started playing the guitar a few years ago. Well, it all started when my wife Mary and I were walking in Central Park and we were trying to think of creative things to do during the pandemic. He took lessons in high school, but they didn't stick. So he thought, maybe I'll take another crack at it. And I signed up with a man named Dan Smith. Dan Smith will teach you guitar. Yep, we'll we'll teach you guitar. Signs are all over Manhattan. After a few lessons, Smith invited Patterson to a gig on the west side. He goes, why don't you play with me? I'm like, play with me? Are you kidding? That's why I'm here. I don't know how to play the guitar. But he did anyway. And sure enough, a video went viral the next day, and Patterson's played in public a few times since then. But tonight, tonight's different. Well, we have a whole band. There's seven of us, seven 
stranded castaways. They call themselves Blind Gov Dave and the Pirate Throng. This isn't your normal bar crowd. It's jam-packed with bigwigs from all over the state. Attorney General Letitia James is in the front row. State Democratic Chairman Jay Jacobs is standing next to the stage. Carolyn Maloney, the former congresswoman, is here. And so is Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine, not to mention more than a dozen state lawmakers, too. I asked Patterson if he was nervous. People say, you've spoken in audiences all over the world. Why would you be frightened? I said, when I spoke all over the world, I didn't have a guitar in my hand. The gig's in a small lounge on the third floor. There's only space for two of Patterson's bandmates tonight. Waiters are handing out swigs of champagne as we stake out our seats. A little after 10 p.m., the attorney general stands up to the mic to introduce the governor. She takes note of the politicians in the crowd, mostly Democrats, but a few Republicans, too. David, you have brought us all together, and there's one thing that we can agree on, and that is you can't sing. (laughs) It's finally time. The former governor straps on a sunburst Fender Stratocaster and walks on stage. I'm David Patterson. I'm a recovering governor. (laughs) The band jumps right in. They kick things off with an old John Lee Hooker tune. I like the way you walk. The crowd's into it. They're taking video on their phone. They're clapping and cheering and singing along as Patterson and the band play hits from the 60s. So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay, watching the mostly playing the right chords. He's relatively on pitch. He has the lyrics down cold. Things really get rolling when the band kicks into My Girl by The Temptations. Patterson dedicates it to Governor Hochul, who isn't in the crowd, by the way. day, it was Hochul's turn to take the stage for her big State of the State speech. She gave a nod to Patterson early on. The former governor sat toward the back of the crowd. There was no guitar to be found. Thank you and good afternoon. It's an honor to be back with you in this hallowed chamber. John Campbell, North Country Public Radio. Listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up in just a minute, a local twist to a crunchy, cheesy tartine. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note coming up at 842. 
First, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Weather service says a mixture of sun and clouds today and tomorrow. Maybe some rain on Friday and some snow showers or rain showers Saturday. Highs this afternoon, mid-30s, light winds out of the east, and then cloudy tonight, lows in the upper teens, low 20s. Tomorrow, high in the 40s, and Friday could see a high near 50, right now 19 degrees in Canton. Just in time for the big game on Sunday, Chef Curtis Hem shares a recipe for a tartine that is perfect for breakfast, lunch, or the superb owl. It's so simple, it might just become your favorite go-to winter meal. A tartine is kind of like a slab of pizza, a thick slice of crusty, rustic bread, lightly toasted with savory toppings. Chef Curtis Hem told me that he gives it a North Country kick with local cheese, hearty bread, and sweet maple syrup. You're basically, I put parchment paper down on a sheet tray. I like aluminum sheet trays because they just conduct heat beautifully. And what we want to do is put that parchment down, put the olive oil down, um, or canola, or whatever you want to use, put that bread right on top of it, drizzle a little bit more on top. And then what happens is that as that pan heats up and as that bread cooks, it caramelizes and crisps on the bottom, and it creates that super, super crunchy feel. Mm. Because you have toppings on it, it can't overcook in the middle. And it's just a it's – a, it's, look, it's a perfect sandwich. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. Patting myself on the back and hoping I don't pinch a nerve or something. But <laughs> it's a good one. I use local things. Yeah. So a couple of things to consider in this recipe. Asgard Farm no longer makes their Barkeeter Bush. So I thought that was one of our best cheeses that has come out of the park ever. And I just, I always loved that product. That's what you see in the pictures. Any fresh chev will work. Camembert will work on this, but it doesn't have the acidity of the goat's cheese. Uh So in this one, I really do like a goat's cheese for it, but you can use what you want because I like to play against that maple syrup. And then red oak food. I know Jordan is opening up a shop in Plattsburgh on Margaret Street in downtown. So I don't know what his bread production is right now, but we have so many good bakers. There's Triple Green Jade Farm, Dogwood Bakery that I'm aware of. But Mm -hmm. every town seems to have some form of local artisan baker around. What you're looking for is a bread that's got a really great crust on the outside. So one that's kind of crunchy and and kind of uh, hard, but it has a really big open crumb in the middle, which means it has some air holes which have trapped the gas. So the gluten has trapped the gas as the yeast did their thing and the bread rose. Yeah. You want those holes because that's going to allow some of those make those food items that you put on top to get down onto the bottom of the pan and help crisp up as well. You know, go on Adirondack Harvest and use their search map and type in bread. Good, so good tip. That's adirondackharvest.com. So anyway, this is really simple. You put the olive oil down, you put your slices of bread down. I like to mix the walnuts and the thyme and the maple syrup and the salt and pepper together in a bowl. And then I put that on top of the cheese that I put on top of the bread. And then I just bake it until it's golden brown and absolutely delicious. It literally doesn't get better than this as far as the dish goes. Um, Great for, I mean, I'm thinking you could do this like for for breakfast, for lunch, for for the Super Bowl game. Make a whole tray of them. Yeah, and this is a great hors d'oeuvre at at a holiday party too. Yeah. So if you have like really large slices go ahead and slice it up after it's cooked take a really good knife and just a really assertive put the tip of the knife on the board and then just crack down on the back handle 
and, you know, get one good break of that bread, serve it into, you know, what someone can reasonably pick up with one hand. And I love the, the combinations here because you've got, you've got the cheese, you've got the thyme, salt and pepper, but then you've got that splash of, of the maple syrup and the walnuts. Yeah, and so the beauty of this one particular recipe is red oak boule was a fermented sourdough. So there was a little bit of acidity and tang in that bread itself. So uh-huh. if you can find something of that nature, that's great. The walnuts had a really kind of mouth-coating fat, which when roasted, kind of amplifies that fat, but it also gives that toasty, nutty flavor. Right. These were fresh thyme leaves. It wasn't dry, but you could use dry. I strongly recommend getting a small thing of fresh thyme. Uh-huh. That had that nice herbal piece, and then the bark eater bouche had the acidity of the goat's cheese and that fattiness to it, which tamed as it heated. And then the maple syrup was that sweet background, and the salt played against both the acidity and the maple syrup, and the pepper was a little bit of heat. Yeah. This really, I think this one is really a home run across the board. And it all comes down to, I think, learning the technique of doing it, which is almost assemble it and do nothing. Let the oven do all the work. And then finding the best ingredients you can. And none of this is expensive, and all of this can be found pretty locally. Yeah. So I like to eat this at room temperature. Room temperature. I like okay. To, I like to let the tartine set a bit and crisp up and let the oils that kind of leach out of the cheese and out of the olive oil, I like them to just kind of get absorbed by the bread. And I like it a little bit cooler. Uh-huh. Um, so I like room temperature. And it's probably because every meal I've ever eaten while I've worked has been interrupted, and I just got used to eating room temperature food. <laughs> but I, uh, I like this one, particularly at room temperature. I think the flavors come out better, even just a little bit above body temperature. So if you let it go down to like 110, 115 degrees, you know, where the cheese is still a little bit gooey and things like that, I think our taste buds are optimized for that temperature zone. And I think that's a win. That's where you get the best of it. Cool. Good. Yeah, and I think if we talk, you know, Super Bowl, you're gonna you're gonna probably match this with a beverage. So this goes great with a simple club soda and a little bit of lemon. Uh-huh. Matches perfectly. If you want to have a little bit of prosecco or a sparkling cider, because again, sparkling cider is local, um, you can definitely get that. But it also goes great with um, an IPA. It goes good with a lager or a pilsner, and I even think it would be very good with kind of the creamy weight of a stout. Chef Curtis Hem owns the Carriage House Cooking School in Peru, New York, and is the executive chef at the View Restaurant at the Mirror Lake Inn Resort and Spa in Lake Placid. And you'll find his Bark Eater Tartine recipe and a photo on our website this morning at ncpr.org.
Here's a traditional tune, Frosty Morning, performed by John Kirk and Trish Miller from their album Fly Around. As they say in the liner notes for that piece, how do we stop this thing? It's good for a dance marathon. And you can join John Kirk and Trish Miller Friday night at the Cabin Fever concert at Tawny Traditional Arts in Upstate New York in Canton. John Kirk, Trish Miller in concert Friday night, 7 to 9 at the Tawny Center in downtown Canton. 29 minutes past 8. That's it for the show. Morning Edition continues in just a minute. Then join us later this morning for 1A. Attitudes about the use of psychedelics are changing and some of the most persuasive arguments are being made by America's war veterans. Next time on 1A, a look at a new law that funds clinical trials to treat active duty service members. That conversation between 10 and noon right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Mo. Thanks for joining us. Be well.